girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, welcome to the show. We come to you six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and we are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on the three aforementioned social media platforms. The show is based on uh, three things, your questions and comments uh, on social media, uh, which uh, oftentimes we can answer in real time. Uh, so please question and comment. Uh, also, uh, oftentimes we have some sort of knickknack or doodad uh, sitting around here in the home office that we share with you. And then um, then uh, we uh, weave a personal story around it. And we share at least one artist or one piece of music based on uh, our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. Jim Perry is already on. Lauren Molliver's already on. Jim Perry says, how's the back, young man? It's better than it was yesterday. It's not as good as it was a week ago. So we are making a slow recovery. There is a procedure. I have a, uh, for those of you that don't know, is I have uh, back problems on occasion. And, uh, and the show's not really about Tony's back problems, but uh, we do talk about them. Um, on occasion, I have back problems. And right now we are going through one of those occasions. There is a procedure that uh, I have had before. Uh, that helps deal with this called radial ablation. And it's pretty much like acupuncture on steroids where they go in and they just deaden the nerves. Most back pain, man, you can tell this is an old guy's show. Most back pain is due to nerves and nerves alone, not to some sort of structural damage. Uh, it is due to uh, the, uh, the sacs beginning to slowly leak out fluid and that fluid hits the nerves and who baby does it send you into fits that can uh, bend you uh, backwards bend you forwards leave you laying on your back for days at a time now i had a procedure done for this a couple years ago that was life changing life changing uh the problem with this procedure is it wears off because um your nerves are like reptiles they grow back that's why uh the same people always seem to be getting on your nerves that guy's always got on my nerves. Because you think he'll deal with the problem and bam, it grows back. Well, nerves regenerate. Nerves regenerate and mine have regenerated. I was going to have this procedure done in March. Then the uh, pandemic hit, the COVID. The COVID just kind of creeped all over the country. It was a COVID creep. A lot of things were, uh, a lot of elective surgeries were canceled or postponed. I canceled or postponed mine. I had no issues up until about a week or so ago. And uh, I was having issues, but they were manageable. But about a week or so ago, it went, it went real humdinger. So um, here's the issue now. The issue is I can't get in to see these doctors till December 30th. And that's just for the follow-up. So sometime in January. So right now we're dealing with the back pain with uh, ibuprofen. Uh, we're going to get some of, that, uh, uh, some of that marijuana oil. Uh, that's been very effective and a couple other things. And that's how we're dealing with it. Jim asked, I answered, now you know. It is Sunday afternoon. It's been kind of a lazy day for us. This whole Thanksgiving weekend has been kind of lazy for us. After, uh, after Thanksgiving, when Cheryl and I, uh, we kept ourselves pretty busy on Thanksgiving Day, preparing a full-on Thanksgiving meal, which um, um, was primarily eaten by us we did not have family over i know that many of you didn't have family over um our grandson and stepdaughter who have been 
it's safe to say, fairly closely quarantined with us this entire time, or for quite some time. Uh, we're here in the evening and uh, had some. But um, since then, I just haven't done much. This is a combination of uh, a bad back tryptophan and the desire to not do much. Um, I did put something up interesting on Facebook, and we and we it's gotten a lot. I put up some political jokes. They get the uh, common responses. One I put up Thanksgiving night. Uh, a woman from uh, Festus, Missouri, or someplace in Jefferson County, uh, named Crystal, uh, went nuts. Uh, well, I don't know if she went nuts. I don't know if that's a fair thing to say about her. I don't actually know her. She's friends of friends. Uh, she got very upset because I uh, made some crack about crowded churches. And that led to 121 or 131 comments. It was, it was quite the sight to see. Put up a couple of other uh, political or social um, uh, posts since then. Here's the post, though, that's getting the most intrigue, the most comments. And the, co and the post was and is, and it's still there. Hello, Tina and Mike Lawson. Is, what is the better film dance sequence? The end of Dirty Dancing. Or with uh, uh, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, or the sequence in Pulp Fiction between Uma Thurman and John Travolta to the Chuck Berry song um, "Celeste La Vie" or "C'est La Vie," "C'est La Vie," "C'est La Vie," "C'est La Vie." Now that's gotten a lot of reaction, and here's how it seems to be breaking down. Okay. The majority of female responders like Dirty Dancing. The majority of the male responders are being positive about Pulp Fiction. I personally think, and I don't, I've never been able to figure out why. Uh, I mean, partially I can. I personally am really partial to that dance sequence in Pulp Fiction. Have there been much greater dance sequences in movies and films Yes, everything Fred Astaire ever did, everything uh, Gene Kelly ever did, everything uh, dancers like Sid Charisse ever did, you know, uh, uh, so many great dance sequences. But the thing about the Pulp Fiction dance sequence is that, it, A, it's not a musical. Pulp Fiction is not a musical. It's a comedy drama. It's an unusual movie. It's a great movie just because of what they do with, uh, uh, it's not in linear time, yet it all works. Because of the, uh, co did you know that Pulp Fiction was actually three separate movies put together? Um, DJ Payne says the, that was the dance of the heroine, and that's why you dig it. Yeah, there's something about a couple of junkies at a retro place. One of them's a killer. One of them is married to a killer. And they decide to do something as banal as a, uh, uh, something to do as banal as a uh, dance contest in a retro uh, restaurant. There was something about that, something about the tension between the two, because even though uh, Uma Thurman's character was married to uh, Marcella Wallace, uh, Marcellus Wallace, uh, that he had asked John Travolta to take her out for the evening because he was going to be busy, you know, so there's a sexual tension between them that if they were to uh, engage in it would be deadly for both of them, but at the same time, they're very living on the edge, risk-taking people. So they are flirting around the edges during that entire milkshake restaurant section. She decides she wants to dance. You know, the dance is not, you know, you had John Travolta, 
who was in some of the greatest, the most popular dance movies of all time, you know, Grease and Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever set off a dance craze and a music craze across this nation, the likes of which we may not have seen since the Beatles are uh, when Elvis uh, first appeared on the, on the scene, set off a dance and music craze that was almost unparalleled. Yet there's something about that sequence. Now, I saw an interview with Quentin Tarantino once while he described the choreography of it, and he said the choreographer of the dance sequence in Pulp Fiction is based on a cartoon that he saw of a dance between a dog and a cat that was part dance and part fight. It was like a fight dance. So now that you know that, the next time you watch it, think of that. Uma Thurman is the cat. John Travolta is the dog, okay? And it's actually sort of a fight sequence as they thrust and parry back and forth, thrust and parry back and forth. And, of course, John Travolta does channel and play tribute to the great Adam West and his little eye move in a dance scene in the TV show Batman. So there's something about the insolence of it, something about these two great dancers. Uma Thurman was a trained dancer. John Travolta, one of the most well-known dancers in the history of cinema, doing a dance that where they had to dance like people who are, weren't really professional dancers, a hitman and a kept woman high in a restaurant deciding to win a dance contest, the silliness of it, the absolute serious looks on their face, as they're making all these sort of dog and cat moves, that just appeals to me to beat the band. There, there's an old person saying, well, that just beats the band. So for me, now in Dirty Dancing, of course, the woman is training to be a dancer. We also have sexual tension there. You know, we have class tension there. There's more to going on to Dirty Dancing than most people realize. There was a lot of uh, uh, class tension there um, between the people that work there and the people that... Uh, went to the resort, and how the people that worked there were supposed to be oh-so-friendly, but at the same time, they were employees, almost like they were prostitutes. Almost like they were prostitutes. So uh, uh, it was exploring uh, those uh, class situations and also exploring, and it kind of blatantly at the end where the Jack Weston character says it feels like everything's changing, that that was good, about the end of that sort of summer resort, that sort of family summer resort, as the 60s were about to uh, uh, take hold with full force and the music and the mores and the culture and the times would change. So that dance sequence, of course, is played out like a fantasy dance sequence. It, it, is, it is the uh, culmination of love. It is a public profession of their undying love for one another. So uh, it, is, uh, it is the uh, classic story of uh, the good girl who uh, likes the bad boy who lives over the tra across the tracks, which is kind of an enduring story. So that dance sequence is pretty much blatant, where Pulp Fiction is just popped right in there, along with a lot of heads being blown off and people being shot and, uh, uh, um, and uh, male rape. So <laughs> I forgot till I watched part of Pulp Fiction the other day, and I've seen it several times, how many... How it is just one great segment after another great segment after another great segment over and over. From that dance scene to the scene 
when they go back to her house and she finds the heroin in his coat and he's in there talking himself out of doing anything that's going to get him in trouble all the way over to Eric Stoltz's house, um, you know, where he lives with Patricia Arquette. By the way, I don't like Eric Stoltz personally. And uh, uh, I don't even know if I should say that. But I knew Eric Stoltz. You know what? Maybe if I met him now, I'd like him. I don't know. But I knew Eric Stoltz way back in the day. We were in a play together right before we were going to open. He quit the play to do something else. Another great guy who I've totally lost track of, Dennis Court, stepped in and took his place. Play written by my friend Lance Lane, the original work. Um, we played characters who didn't like one another in a play. So I don't know if he was method acting in off stage as well, being a jerk. But uh, I'm going, oh, I don't like this guy. So um, that being said, for someone who, to the best of my knowledge, did not live the life of a junkie dope dealer. And I can sense in those days, that's kind of where, where the life I was living back in the very early 80s, late, say, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, early 80s. Uh, for someone who didn't live that life, he certainly did capture, capture that junky dope dealer doing as little as possible to make as much as possible. That sort of, what's that? Yeah, and Patricia Arquette, they were just fantastic. It's like I knew those people. I knew those people. So that was a great scene. You know, the adrenaline the adrenaline shot scene, you know, and I think we go right from that scene to um, uh, the scene with um, Marcellus Wallace and uh, and Butch, you know, where they end up in Zed's basement. Just great scene after great scene after great scene in Pulp Fiction. Uh, people can think what they want in these current retrofitted conservative cultural moray times masquerading as progressivism. But uh, that guy makes some great fucking movies. So um, anyway, I don't know what your thoughts are on the best dance sequence. If you're comparing the two, Dirty Dancing and uh, Pulp Fiction. But uh, here in this household, we fall clearly on the side of Pulp Fiction. Okie doke. Uh, hey, a couple things to tell you about. We just finished up a great weekend with Isaac the Magician at JP's Comedy Club. JPscomedyclub.com. 860 East Warner Road in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, you know, on Thanksgiving, we uh, pretty much quarantined or, you know, followed real safety protocols and didn't have a lot of people over. Okay? Uh, we did go to the store today. We wore masks. We stayed safe. We stayed as socially distant as we could. I'm just looking something up here for you guys. Um, but sometimes you got to get out a little bit. You know? You got you to decide where to put your risk. And sometimes you have to go out and enjoy yourself a little bit. Now, so if those thoughts are in your mind, and you know, there's a rest restaurant here in town. I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant. Here in town where we live, where um, I was going to meet a couple of people on a business meeting one night, and we had reserved a back glassed off area where there were a few people. But that restaurant was jam-packed with people just butt cheek to butt cheek. I mean, overly packed. I mean, like defiantly packed. Like, let's see if we can squeeze a few more people in. And I was a little shocked and a little dismayed. But I understand that those people had a need to get out. And if you have a need to get out and you still want to have some fun, but you want to sit in a safe, social distancing environment where masks are required, okay, uh, you can take your mask off while you're sitting at your table. If you get up, move around the room, you have to cover up and you want to see a great show. Check out shows at JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com. 
This weekend, Manny Hernandez, a veteran of the local Phoenix comedy scene and national touring act, Manny Hernandez, makes his headlining debut at JP. So, shit out. Check it out. We got that going for you. Um, what else can I tell you about today? Let's kind of get to the music. Shall we? Okay. Um, if anybody wants to chime in on this dance thing, that's good with me. But if you don't, let's get to the music. And I'm kind of reinstituting something I did several years ago. Several years ago, I probably have more record albums by this particular man than anyone I know. Okay? Uh, and this guy was one of the greatest singers of all time. And he's not of my generation or your generation. Uh, he's of a past generation, although he was around and alive when many of us were young. We're talking about, of course, Frank Sinatra. Now, check this album cover up. That is called Frankie, okay? And that is a, uh, as you can see, it's like a drawing painting of Frank Sinatra as a very young man wearing his hat the way guys did in the 1940s. This is actually a compilation that was put out by Columbia Records after Frank Sinatra had left to go on and form his own record company, Reprise. Okay? So they put this out. Columbia put this out. I don't have the exact year, and I wish I did. I could look it up for you. Uh, but it's a compilation of his 1940s stuff. It has, Hello, Young Lovers, I Only Have Eyes for You, which I prefer to Platter's version. Falling in love with love, you'll never know. It all depends on you. Spose me. Time after time, how cute can you be? Almost like being in love. Nancy and oh, what it seemed to be. So a lot of great records. Some of these which became uh, uh, classic standards. You know, there were a lot of record music that was standards in those days that everyone sang. You know, uh, Peggy Lee sang them. Jody James sang them. Jerry Vale sang them. Uh... You know, all the big singers of the 40s and 50s sang these standards. Uh, most of them right out of Tin Pan Alley. But once Sinatra sang it, it became a Sinatra song. And a lot of these songs, especially uh, Hello Young Lovers, I own, uh, and uh, All of Me, especially those two, okay? I was going to say I only have eyes for you, but that that's, was immortalized by the platters. But Hello, Young Lovers, and All of Me, and especially All of Me, became Frank Sinatra songs. Uh, Hello, Young Lovers is a Rodgers and Hammerstein song. I Only Have Eyes for You by Dubin and Warren. I don't know who they are. Falling in Love with Love is Rodgers and Hart, one of the greatest uh, songwriting teams in the history of America. Um, All of Me by Simon and Marks. I don't know who they are. Uh, how Cute, uh, and Time After Time, by Sign and Khan, that's Sammy Khan, the great songwriter, not uh, not Roy Cohn, the uh, disreputable attorney. Okay, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, other Columbia uh, collections by Frank Sinatra included I Got a Crush on You, songs by Sinatra, Frankly Sentimental, and Voice of Frank Sinatra. So what was going on here with this album was that Columbia was cashing in on the incredible success and popularity of Frank Sinatra, even though they no longer had him under contract, with music that was recorded when he was under contract with them. Um, it's kind of weird. If you see the back, there's a lot of writing. Look at that. So a lot of it is about Sinatra. 
But a lot of at the bottom is uh, telling you about needles. Um, not the kind of needles they use in Pulp Fiction. Needles on your record player. And in big letters, permanent needles may cause permanent damage. No needles are really permanent. Some last much longer than others, but all should be changed from time to time to safeguard your record collection. Play safe. Ask your dealer for the new Columbia needle, engineered, tested, and guaranteed by Columbia Records. <laughs> Comparative life of needle styles are diamond, sapphire, and osmium. Satisfactory and inexpensive. Be sure to change quite often. So this was a Columbia Records collection of great Sinatra songs, primarily from the 40s. And to show you that history keeps repeating itself, and to show you that even though you think that what you are thinking is an original thought, oftentimes it's just a matter of age and demographic. A lot of people my age now uh, really look down on the newer music. But at one time, Frank Sinatra was the newer music. So let me read you a couple paragraphs on the back of this album just to tell you a little bit about the time. Keep in mind, this is talking about the Frank Sinatra of the 40s uh, and from a perspective of him already being um, a legend. They said in the beginning that he was just a flash in a pan and that sure, he could sing, but so could a lot of other guys. Then they said, yeah, he's all right in the movies as long as you don't want him to do anything but sing. And then they told him it was okay, he was okay for supporting roles, but you couldn't hand him a lead. And here we are, relatively safe and sound, more than a decade later, and there are two Academy Awards sitting on Frankie's shelf, together with as many hit records as any artist has ever amassed. So we know this came out sometime in the late 50s because he got an Academy Award for Here to Eternity. So Frank Sinatra, when he came out, when he first came out, his main appeal was to pre-adolescent girls. They love Frank Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra, until he got older, never made, weighed more than about 130, 140 pounds. He was skinny as a rail. He had a tough guy image. He was counted out more times. He was counted out more times than a crooked boxer in New Jersey in 1965. And he always bounced back. And he went on to become an American legend and an American icon. So what we're going to recommend today music-wise for your music and listening pleasure is we're going to go with Frank's version of All of Me. Frank Sinatra singing All of Me. If you would check out the album, the album's called Frankie. It's Columbia Records. You can put that in Google too. But that's what we're doing. It's Sunday, so it must be Sinatra. I hope you're having uh, a comfortable Sunday. I'm having a comfortable Sunday. I hope you're enjoying your day. Enjoy your time, okay? Uh, what's freaking me out right now, the only thing is that uh, I walked away from the Arizona Cardinals football game uh, with two minutes left, and they were marching downfield, and it was tied 17-17. I'm going to find out in a minute whether I'm happy or sad football-wise. All right? We're going to see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. right here on Facebook, YouTube, and ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com with Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Man, when things come loose, they come loose.
Facebook, and I gotta reach over here. This is not become a regular. Uh, and uh, and I just. Come out right. Hold on, I'm gonna see. Hold on, I'm gonna see. Yeah. 